You're listening to the Stain and Seal Experts Podcast, where you'll get educated, get more money, grow your business, and kick the nine to five. Here is your host, an entrepreneur and mastermind behind the Stain and Seal Experts brand, Caleb Roth. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. We love sharing our information that we've learned over the years here at Stain and Seal Experts. Um, being a, a stain and seal contractor, we've got to have products we can count on, and that's why we only use expert professional wood care products. Uh, expert stain and seal and expert cleaners and brighteners really make our job easy. It's something we can depend on. Um, the number one reason for callbacks in wood fencing nowadays is because of warping, twisting, and cracking, and this oil-based formula stops that. And besides that, it's so easy to apply. Any of our guys can do it, and uh, it's just been really a great thing for our company. So check it out. You can get it at the Stain and Seal Experts store, stainandsealexperts.com, and there's tons of dealers all over the U.S. and Canada that carry it. Uh, maybe you should talk to your fence supply house, your paint supplier, or power wash store about expert stain and seal. Thanks, guys. All right, everybody. We are going to learn lessons learned from interviewing leaders today. I'm joined with Brad Williams. Brad, thank you for doing this. What a quick intro I just did. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm honored. Thank you, Caleb. <laughs> Brad, you know, so those that don't know me, I'm Caleb, stain and seal experts. But those, and if you're watching this, you probably already know me. So Brad, introduce yourself. Tell us your background, man. Who who is Brad Williams? Well, uh, I'll spare the life story, but I think in in the context that we're talking about, you know, I, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I'm a strategist. Uh, I love business. I love talking business. And uh, over the last, I don't know, four or five months, um, I embarked on this journey. Um, that I was having all these great business conversations and I thought, you know, we need to record these. I'm talking with these people and they're sharing these stories that need to be passed on. And so I said, well, what if we interviewed a hundred business leaders? And so we started that journey. And so I've been doing the technician to CEO podcast for a company called Bergflow. Um, and in that podcast, I'm going to have some really amazing conversations. We're only about 20 some into that hundred yet. So we will have to circle back when we hit a hundred because I, I think that the takeaways will only get better, but, um, yeah. So entrepreneur, business owner, you know, guy from North Carolina. I understand there's two guys from North Carolina on this show. So, so that's cool. Um, so your, but your background is just, is more than just that you, you've been in marketing, you, you're a business owner. Um, I, are you an owner in TCAM? I don't want to say yeah. that wrong if you No, no. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm an owner in a, in a local business called TKIM. We're actually having an event next week that we're super excited about. Uh, that is a chemical manufacturing business. Uh, we also do um, servicing and uh, retail sales in the pressure washing and heavy industrial spaces. So we've got an event. If you are in the North Carolina area uh, within driving distance of Greensboro, we're doing an event where we're going to kind of focus uh, about half the event in the morning on honing your craft. So it'll be everything from uh, staining and sealing with Caleb to concrete sealing to cleaning commercial, residential. 
And then the afternoon, we're going to focus on business building. And we've got some amazing keynote speakers uh, next Wednesday and Thursday. So just go to that website. You can go to nationalcleaningexpo.com or you can go to tkimis.com. Either way, you can find a link there to register for the event. It's free to attend. Um, so yeah, if you are in any kind of service business space, this is something that I think you get tremendous value from and Caleb, you're going to be there. So that's, that's really cool as well. So yeah, so we got T Kim, um, my wife and I, uh, have run a marketing agency for the last several years that really just spawned out of my experience in small business. I'm a, uh, custom home builder. I've been a home inspector. I'd like to say retired home inspector. Um, kind of done a lot of different things and done, done some business, you know, coaching, consulting. So, um, I've had my hands in a lot of different things, but I, I really have a passion for small business. Caleb, I cannot hear you. So you have either muted or something's wrong on my end. There's a button you push and it will mute you if you push it. So, um, yeah, so it sounds like you and I have similar story, similar background. But uh, if they're here watching this, they're looking for those lessons you've learned from interviewing. I should have said 100 leaders, but what have you learned from interviewing 27 leaders, man? Give us, give us, I said five. I know you're going to give us more than that. And I'm well, going to grab can, a can, paper, can, too. I just, you know, I started making a list and I, and I came with a couple more than five. Um, you know, it's really interesting. There are definitely some common threads, threads across this. Uh, I actually want to share one because this is really like hits home for me. So we'll start off with it. And uh, I was actually uh, interviewing your friend, uh, Matt Warner, who I met because I attended an event and uh, we started having some conversations and he had, we had this amazing conversation on the phone one day. And I was like, Matt, we got to do this on a podcast, man. And uh, he was sharing his story. Uh, and he had found himself in a position where he had a job that was paying the bills and giving him some security, but he also had his business going um, on simultaneously. And it kind of reached a breaking point. And he said, you know, he said, I'm kind of reminded of this old proverb. I believe it's a Russian proverb, uh, but it is a man that chases two rabbits catches none. And, uh, you know, I think, you may not be like me listening to this. And Caleb, I think you're probably more like me. I fancy myself a serial entrepreneur. You know, I I like to be involved in different things. I'm, I'm not going to do probably one business for the rest of my life. Um, or I hope not. Uh, but there's a difference in being a serial entrepreneur and being a parallel entrepreneur. A serial entrepreneur... Uh, moves from uh, success to success. So they, they, they achieve, they have a strength, and then they use that into the next thing to shortcut the process. You know, it's the guy that builds the business, sells it, and when he starts the next one, he builds it in 30% of the time or 20% of the time. I think for me, and this is one of my big takeaways, is I like, I'm, I like, shiny pennies. I like the next idea. I get excited about things. And so it's very easy for me to try to take on two or three things at the same time before they're both established. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you raising your hand that, you know, you, you do? Or... I, I'm, I'm raising my hand in agreement. Um, 
Yeah. So, no, I agree. I agree. This happens. So, so I think that that's an important lesson that, and I heard this, you know, once he said it, I probably heard three different other people say something similar. And um, really getting a business going, and this is the one synonymous, it takes a lot of focus and a lot of energy to get a flywheel turning. So I'd say that'd be my first takeaway is put the focus in. And if you're somebody like me, who's low C, likes to do different things, wants to have their hands in different things, make sure to not spread yourself too thin. That's takeaway number one. So you said a man who's low C. I thought you said low T for a minute. And, and then, it, then, it, then, it, then it caught me. Does that look familiar? I've not seen it graphed out like that. Is that a the an A drive, B drive, C drive, D drive? That, well, it's disk assessment, and you see the C on the end. It's the lowest for me. So uh, when you look at at drive, and I, I know that we'll have to have this conversation. Like we, we should talk yeah, about. Yeah, B, B is the drive for me, and it's just through the roof. Um, on another conversation, because I would love to talk about hard. I would actually love to get you to take an Acumax hardwiring assessment. And then we need to have a conversation. I want to I go through yours, if you're up for that. Um, we can talk a little bit about what, what, it, what hardwiring means. But for me, it just means that I like change. I like new things. I like task switching. And um, I, get, I get excited about the, doing a new thing. So uh, I don't need things to be sequential. And so that's good and bad, right? Like I can deal with an unpredictable environment pretty well. But it also means that um, I might switch off something before it's a good time to. So, well, yeah, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm like, uh, I want to catch the rabbit and then throw it to somebody and say, if you skin that one, I'll bring you another rabbit, you know? So yeah. that's, that's me um, in a nutshell. All right. I've got it right here. A man who chases two rabbits catches none. That's, that's yeah. And so I've shout out to Matt for that. For sharing that, I tell you what, that's it's played in my head a lot, um, mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm I'm definitely finding myself getting more focused from it. So that was a, that was a big takeaway. The, so the, the next deep, takeaway, go ahead. I was gonna say the deep the deeper lesson though is if you watch Matt, he has many 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 rabbits that he has caught <laughs> simultaneously. So there's another lesson, and there's more meaning to this, and I'm sure. Mm -hmm. So so if you want to figure that out, we need to link to that podcast interview, and I'll I'll figure that out if you'll. Nikki, if she's watching, um, if she's not somebody, we'll get that link up because there's more to it than that. But there next. is, there is more to that. And you yeah. can have, like, he's a perfect example of someone who has many things going on successfully. It's that's not, and that's not the the total meaning to it. So um, yeah, you have to, you have to go deeper on that. Absolutely. Yeah. In a nutshell, Matt catches one rabbit and then hands it off and then he immediately catches the next and he hands it off. Um, so, so cool. What is, what's number two, man? Let's hear it. So number two, um, you know, you didn't say, and I am not going to just give cliches, but the next one is a total cliche. Uh, and that is success leaves clues. So this was really evident when you and I had a conversation on technician to CEO um, and I don't know if you meant, you didn't say that. You didn't use that phrase with me. That's a phrase I picked up years ago. Uh, but it was very evident 
in our conversation, and I've heard this from many successful people that I've interviewed, is they don't waste a lot of time just trying to do it their way. They go and they look at what other successful people have done and learn from it. They follow in the footsteps that have laid that path out in front of them. It's not, there's nothing new, man. There's nothing new in what we're trying to do, whether, whether you're trying to get time freedom in your life, financial freedom, whether you're trying to build or scale your business, we're not doing anything that other people have not done before. And, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit is really, really powerful coming out of the gates, but then eventually it becomes your Achilles heel. Eventually that I can do anything. I got this, you know, just leave it to me. I'll figure it out. I'm the problem solver becomes your biggest weakness. You know, it's what you need to get started, but then it becomes your biggest weakness. And, you know, I think I've seen so many successful people just in these conversations, like not in books I've read, but like in these conversations, most of them leaned on a mentor they leaned on knowledge that they could glean from someone who had gone before them. Expert professional wood care makes high quality stains and sealers and eco-friendly wood cleaning products. Expert stain and sealers can be used in any sprayer system, require no back brushing and do not stink like other brands. Expert stain and seal is a true oil-based formula, perfect for fences, decks, patio covers, and pre-staining applications. Less warping and twisting, longer lasting finish, and easy application are just a few of the benefits of expert stain and seal. Join our online community of thousands of fence staining contractors at staininguniversity.com and be sure to download the Stain and Seal Experts app, a free stain calculator and estimator tool available now in the Apple App Store. For more info, visit realgoodstain.com. That's realgoodstain.com. I agree. I, I, yeah. Why, why reinvent the wheel? Don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's, that's why you, that's why you see the most successful people in the world spending the most amount of money on self-development to learn skills because they're learning skills that they're learning it. They're not trying to go figure it out the hard way. They're paying to go fast track that skill. You know, I guess you could be a, a really good brain surgeon if you did it for 50 years, you know, 50 years in, if you were a self-taught brain surgeon, you'd probably start figuring things yeah. out. That's yeah, right. That's a, yeah. You know, I, I think that kind of comes back to something I remember reading about. Um, have you heard the book, The Talent Code? The Talent Code? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not familiar with that. So it's a book, and it examines why there are these, like, really high pockets of skill that develop in certain areas. And it's like, you know, one music uh, school will produce a disproportionate amount of great musicians and one area in uh is it the dr not the not the dominican um one of the islands produces like a disproportionate amount of soccer players yeah like baseball players yeah yeah and it's John, like why is that it examined this, this phenomenon and there was something that they made in it and it, it it dispels something that we all believe to be true but it's not true and that's we believe that practice makes perfect and that is bull practice makes permanent perfect practice makes perfect 
And so you could go out there and when you're doing something wrong over and over and over again, you're just making that permanent in you. You're just cementing that as what you do. So really the thing to do is learn how to do it right so that what you practice leads to the skill that you want. Well, that is number three. Let me write <laughs> this in here. Have you ever listened to the number three? So we're gonna I'm gonna have to condense this because we've got more than five. And uh we'll try to stick to five. Have you ever heard the Bradley podcast dropping bombs? Yeah, Brad, yeah, I, Bradley. I was looking for my bomb button right there. I know, I right? Drop a bomb. I know, right? I need to get a soundboard that has some sound effects so, on it. So would be practice, awesome. practice makes permanent. Perfect practice makes perfect. I agree with that, hundred percent. I'm gonna write that one down too. It's number three because I think that's important. Because um, sometimes we want to go through the motions and it's not the right move. All practice right, so we got three. Perfect. So we need two more here. Um. I'm torn. Hey, man, we can go 10. So give them all to me. So I'm reminded of, so my, my fourth one here is that the biggest aha moments are found where we least expect them. I was, and I, I've heard several stories that have kind of helped with this, but my favorite is uh, oh shoot, I just lost his name. Uh, hang on, let me find his name real quick because I, I, I he deserves that. Kurt Kempton. He founded a uh, company. So in this, in the in the uh, service industry, most people probably know invest from a company called ResponseBid. Um, it's like a, it's like a sales follow up automation software that he built. He did get started there. It's actually a window cleaner, um, and he didn't want to be a window cleaner. He wanted to own a bicycle shop, and uh, he ended up coming out of college and being a window cleaner. And um, he tells this story about being in this focus group. And, Caleb, you might remember this, but do you remember Infusionsoft? You know, now it's Keep, the uh, the CRM software. It's like an email automation software. You froze up a little bit. Anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going because I can't see you moving. But anyway, you might know this software. And he was an early customer. Of them, and he got invited to this focus group. And during this focus group, they were going around the room talking about what they did for company culture. And he said, Man, I'm just this little window cleaner. I got like two or three guys working for me. He said, and all these people have these like glamorous businesses. And watch the watch the episode. Like, I'm gonna butcher this story. And um, he said, I was so embarrassed, and it came to my turn. And he said, I'm like shaking a little bit. And, I, and, I, and he kind of puts that, he said, well, you know, all you guys have sexy businesses. He said, I'm, I'm just a window cleaner. And the CEO of Infusionsoft gets up and proceeds to make an example of him 
in front of all the other business owners and tells him shame on him for saying that his business wasn't sexy. Shame on him because he gets to get up every day and decide what he does for a living and shame on him for running a business like that. And he said it was like the most embarrassing moment of his life. But he left there and reinvented his window cleaning business. And he went on to win all these awards in the window cleaning industry for having the best culture and most innovative business. And I think that I heard a similar story from different places that those moments that propel us forward where we get that thing we needed to really define who we are and what we're building or where we least expect them. When he walked away from that situation, he was nothing more than ashamed and embarrassed. Like getting your butt handed to you in a boardroom by the CEO in front of each other business owners is not where you expect your big aha moment takes your business to the next level, but it changed his forever. Okay, I'll be froze on me, man. Okay. All right, I got a message from Caleb to keep going. So I'm going to go to my next takeaway. I'll just be better with some conversation. So my next takeaway uh, is something else that I picked up on. And that is that some people are just born with an entrepreneurial spirit. And, you know, I think that the one thing that, that I hear so much on social media and in just the world right now is that it's cooler and sexier to go to work for yourself, to be in business for yourself. And I think there's like kind of two things that I've, I've gathered from this and that not everybody is happy being a CEO or being an owner. And what I've noticed is that the people that were, they just kind of had something in them and it doesn't make them better or more successful, but it was something in them that gave that spark and they leaned into it. And um, I think the, the kind of the flip side to that is you can be really, really successful being a really valuable member on a team. You don't have to be the leader of the team to be successful. You don't have to build someone else's dream or build your dream. I think that that's a cliche that we hang on to in the small business world. It's not necessarily true. So I think that that's one thing I've found is there's just this thing, and I couldn't just put my finger on it. It's not independence, but it is this kind of this drive that people that really find success, they all have it in common in business, but it's not something that everyone possesses. Give me that number five one more time so I can put it in the chat here. Uh, some people are just born with an entrepreneurial spirit. You're saying that that's false or true? True. I think it's either something that you have an inclination to or not. 
Um, I don't think that means that you have the best ideas. I don't think that it means that you're fiercely independent. I don't think that it means that you could never work for anybody. Although I do hear a lot of people say I'd be a terrible employee. I'm unemployable. That's why that's why I'm in business. Um, I think there's just this. I think it's a belief system, and maybe that's something that's developed over time, but it is definitely something that some people possess that other people don't. And if you don't possess it, I think you'd be a very unhappy entrepreneur. And if you do possess it, I think you'd be very unhappy doing anything else. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of people out there that don't own their own businesses and get paid fortunes to specialize in what they are great at. This is true. Not right or wrong or better or worse i think it's being honest with this is what i bring to the table that makes me true to me so that's just one thing i noticed is that all these people um they kind of had something although there was a couple that never thought that they would work for themselves and fought it but they're great at it so uh interestingly enough yeah yeah so one of the one of the most eye-opening moments that I had in business, because um, I've always always worked it's sort of in a, as an entrepreneur. But I remember one day I spoke with someone who was a business owner, entrepreneur, and um, they they worked basically regular business hours. It was like nine to five, Monday through Friday, and that was it. And I, I remember asking them about it and uh, their business was very successful, very booming. And it was very startup-ish, uh, no money behind them other than bootstrap. And uh, and I asked them about their hours because it was like, no, I don't do anything after five o'clock. I don't do anything on weekends, which is non-typical of most startup entrepreneur, solopreneur type things. And um, he said, well, you know, I worked. I just thought that's the way you did it because I always had a job and we stopped at five o'clock. <laughs> and so, so, but the, the strange thing was, is he was having the same success or better success that you see some people who are working seven days a week, 18 hour days. And so, um, that was just a lesson to me that like efficiency, um, and then there is more than one way to do it. So that was, uh, that was kind of eye opening for me. It, it didn't change necessarily that we work all, you know, different hours, but it was just a different perspective. Yeah, I, I love that. There is definitely not, we live in like this, the hustle culture. And we put this, this thing on it. It's like, like this big metal, you know, I'm on my hustle. And I think that that is the biggest load, you know, I, that's not what it's about. You know, and I think there's a big difference between grit and hustle. Between well, grit and being busy. Yeah, grit is in hustle definitely different. But I think that um, the the Bezos, the the Elon Musks, um, the people like that, those are people who really are doers and they're they're really working 18 hour days, 16 hour days, 18 hour days every day. But I think the difference is that they're extremely, extremely efficient and they they waste no time. Um, yeah. right. And so if, if you or I were to become so efficient and we wasted zero time and we worked seven days a week, 
um, 18 hour days, we would probably become the next Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. And so I think the biggest problem with the hustle is um, you can hustle all day and get nothing done. Is uh, So the older I get, the more I've, I've learned that I work in sprints. I, I like to do sprints and uh, I like to lock myself in a closet and sprint through a couple of tasks. And then I got to get up and shake around a little bit and do something. So um, so yeah, don't let the hustle, um, make you, you know, you're treading water, you know, you, instead of actually getting somewhere. So, you know, there's, I think in the journey of growing a business, there is, there's a, there's a, there's an attribute that you must have, which is a willingness to do whatever it takes. If you don't possess that, you're, you're not going to, it's not going to happen. But there's also the ability to then turn that into something that's more than you, that works beyond you and works without you. So it's like two phases, right? So it's like there's the willingness and like I'm going to get in there and I don't care how hard it is. I don't care what obstacles I meet. I will get over walls. I will walk through fire. And then there's the but I know the long game is to build a system and build things around me and people around me that don't rely on me. And I think that people get lost on both sides of that. You know, it's like, I'm going to just work, 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 work. And then there's the like, well, I'm just going to build systems. And they're, they're not independent of each other. They're interdependent within one another to get from point A to point B. I agree. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, I might've heard it from you. I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's true. It's so true. And um, there's so much to learn, but there's so much that's not, nothing is new under the sun, right? So all of these things are out there and you've probably heard every single one of these, or at least three, you've probably heard of these lessons or, just things you've picked up along the way. I'm going to, I'm going to click through them again. Um, let's see here. A man who chases two rabbits catches none. You've probably heard that or some sort of proverb like that. Uh, success leaves clues. Um, find somebody who's successful at what you want to do and see what they're doing. This one I really like practice makes permanent and then perfect practice makes perfect. And, and you, you talked about uh, people that have unproportionate uh, success as teachers or in institutions, things like that. Mm -hmm. John, John Donaher, Jiu-Jitsu. He was like a uh, PhD in, uh, professor who started Jiu-Jitsu and liked it better. And now he's had, he's had more world champion Jiu-Jitsu people come out of his little gym, I think, than anybody else. You got Charles Pollockin. Um, the late Charles Pollockin, who had more Olympic gold medalist that he trained than anyone else, like 30 something Olympic gold medalist and strength. And then he, then he, then he did the, I think the last one he got was the woman women's, uh, world champion, Olympic, not world champion women's Olympic gold medalist in wrestling. And, uh, just there's, you know, perfect practice makes perfect. So. There you go. Yeah. That's a great lesson. Somebody said biggest aha moments are found where we least expect them. That is so true for me. 
things smack me upside the face and I go, Oh, okay. I got it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Some people are born entrepreneurs and, and, and that being said, uh, every, every Batman needs a Robin, right? Yeah. Um, And, um, every, you know, it, it, here's, here's another way to put it. The Lone Ranger would have died on every episode if Tonto was not there to come and save (laughs) every single time. And uh, let's see. And I wrote this one down because I think this is important. So many people meet resistance and they feel like it. there's not supposed to be resistance. It's supposed to work. So therefore, I must be doing something wrong. My daughter, we have a Peloton and she's I was like, I told her, I said, hey, I will give you a reward if you come in first place on anything. I know it's probably impossible. It's impossible. I'm not going to say impossible. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. There's some, there's some freaking animals on the Peloton. Yeah. And, uh, and what's happening is she's getting really frustrated, like tears in her eyes. She's 11 years old. She's a baby. And, uh, I said, look, your score is 20% better than it was last time, but she's like in 13,000th place or 96,000th place or something. How am I going to do this? And I was like, look, honey, you expect to be an Olympic gold medalist on the first day. I said, you beat yourself. That's the only person that matters. If, But here's where it hurts, though. Is, and this may be another lesson. At least for me, if I've done my absolute best, I feel good. No matter what place I came in. But if you know deep down that it's, it's what you, I think what you know about yourself is if you know you could have done better, you could have tried harder, you could have went a little longer. That's what hurts. I think so. And then I asked my daughter that I said, well, do you think you could have gone harder or practiced or gotten better? And she said, yeah. And I said, that's probably, I said, that's probably what's bothering you because you know, you could have done better. So, uh, but I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't beating her over the head and saying you can do better. I was just asking her for some self uh, examination, but I think that's it. You know, if you can, if you know, you can do better, then you're, you're not going to be happy with your performance. That's so true. Yeah. Yep. That's the way it goes. So we got Hudson Russell. He's a Nashvillian. What's up? Got Zach Marillion watching. Surprise, guys. So Stain and Seal Life, Williams Paint and Stain up in Indianapolis, if I'm not mistaken. So I appreciate you guys watching. But uh, Brad, you've 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 cemented some ideas in my head that some of them I've heard and some of them I haven't. So I appreciate that. Yeah, Um, man. We should do more of this, and um, this is the kind of stuff I like. It sounds like you and I are very similar because I, I'm the guy that if we go out to dinner, I want to talk about business. If we go yeah. fishing, I want to talk about business. If yeah. we're sitting, you know, like <laughs> football, what is that? I want to I want to talk about business. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, it's it's sickness, I guess, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. So we'll do some more of these because this is 25 interviews. I think. Um, you do another 25 or 27, I think we'll, we'll do it again. Okay. Okay. We definitely have some more that, uh, we'll have to share in the future. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a lot of fun. I, I love to, I love to share these things that, that, uh, that I glean and kind of, you know, contextualize them and then, you know, share them back out. That's, uh, something I really enjoy. Two last things. Number one, thank you so much for the gift. I received uh, a book from you today and I can't remember the name of it. Tell us the name of that book and why you sent me that book. Uh, I believe Nikki sent you Get Different. Um, 
if you're yes. not familiar with the author is written by Mike McCallowitz. He wrote the book profit first, yep. uh, well-known book. And, um, it's a book on marketing and, uh, it's a really fun book that kind of opens perspective around how to kind of think about marketing and to stop looking for like the thing like, all right, I'm gonna put all my eggs in this basket and this is the one that has to win and start to think about like, what kind of experiments can I run to, to kind of accomplish the goal, right? And like, how do I minimize the risk and the experiments so that I can try different things and start to get that positive feedback so I know what to lean into. So yeah. uh, it's a really fun book. It's hilariously written. So if nothing else, it's a super entertaining read. So- so I knew Profit First. When I got the book, I wasn't familiar with the book, but I was familiar with the author. Did he also write The Pumpkin Plan? Is that the same guy? Yeah, yeah. So he wrote, There's a, it's a whole series of books that he's written around uh, being an entrepreneur. So Pumpkin Plan, Profit First, uh, Clockwork. Yep. Uh, this one get different. Uh, the Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. And there might be one more. Uh, Net Surge. Is the other one I'm thinking. Yeah. Of. So there's lots of them. And then the second thing. So check that book out. Um, you said Acumax, Acumax wiring test. Tell us about that because there's probably a bunch of people who heard that and are wondering, what is that? I want to do it. So Acumax does a, does hard wiring assessments. Um, they're all built around understanding how we operate, how we show up, um, how we're affected by the workplace, but it's all centered around what's happening in the workplace. Obviously, our personal lives do have about a 30% effect on how we're showing up currently, um, but it's based on hardwiring. And hardwiring is something that happens from nature and nurture, but it is cemented in us. And uh, once we reach adulthood, our hardwiring is our hardwiring. Um, we, we might be affected and we have like, uh, you know, how we're naturally versus kind of how we're kind of adjusting to meet our environment. But um, understand your natural hardwiring. One helps you understand how to communicate with the world. Understanding other people's helps you understand what motivates people, uh, how to communicate them, what type of work environment they need, um, how you share things with them, how you can set people up for success so that they kind of find fulfillment can all be found and found in this hardwiring. So what I think we should do, Caleb, is I will send you an assessment. It takes like five minutes to do. It is uncannily simple, but amazingly telling. And then I will break your assessment down on a podcast and, uh, and, and we'll see how, how good it is. How about I do it today or as soon as you send it? You break it down for me first and then we'll do a <laughs> podcast on it. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes these assessments, though, they are so good that you could you could use them to your advantage if you know them about people. That's for sure. So that's why okay. we do it. I'll send you one and we'll do it off yeah. air. No, let's I, I'll I am open to uh, doing it on air. I just I'm just not familiar with it. But yeah, let's do it. I've In fact. I've got discs on everybody and then we're doing these wealth dynamics too. I, I heard it on Bradley podcast and uh, um, it's pretty neat. It, it told me exactly what I already knew. So um, pretty cool test there. All right, man, where, if people want to come find out more about the lessons you've learned, I'm, I'm thinking it's probably the CEO, the, yeah, uh, technician, the technician, the CEO, CEO podcast. podcast. Yeah. Check out the technician, CEO podcast, everywhere podcasts are found. 
Um, they're on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, um, maybe some other places. But wherever you're listening to podcasts, you could probably find it. Uh, lots of great episodes and uh, more to come. So, um, yeah, we appreciate you checking it out. How, how often are you uploading episodes? We're putting an episode up every week. Okay, so every week. So that means you need to subscribe and you need, yeah, to, uh, you need to do all the things you can do for free, which is share it with your friends. You can leave it a five-star review. And uh, you can give us, if you're on Facebook, a love instead of a thumbs up and a like. Give us a heart or something because that is the new that is the new thing. You, you get points for that and not for likes anymore. So, Brad, thank you so much for, for sharing these lessons with us. Uh, number one lesson for me probably um, is a man that chases two rabbits catches none. So thank you for that. Yeah, man. We'll do it again. Thank All you, right. Caleb. Thanks, Thanks for having me, man. It was so much fun. Soon. Yes, sir. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Stay and Seal Experts podcast. Subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and check out Stay and Seal Experts on your favorite social media.